dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn a great loss. Brother Share, please, to the podium. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a historically sad day for me. My childhood hero, Tom Brady, retired. And I tell you, I am not well. I probably won't be well for the next year or so. I almost cried today. And the only thing I can say is that I can't live in a world without Tom Brady playing football. If I sound a little somber today, please just know that I'm going through a very tough time. Thank you, brother. Sure you are. Now, everyone stand. A moment of silence for Tom Brady, the throat goat. (laughs) (laughs) The normal goat. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another week, and this week it is number 32. Sod's clearing his throat. Oh, God. I hope he choked. You gonna drink that? You gonna, now you gonna swallow that? Oh, that's, that's disgusting. <laughs> You're supposed to throw that out after you catch all that phlegm. Oh, God. Oh, I felt that in my nose. That was okay. gross. Hey, everybody. We're back. Like I said, 32. This is Hot Pocket, and this is Sherryar speaking. This is Saad also speaking. And today, we kind of, you know, we, we, we let you guys, we, we wanted to hear what you guys wanted to hear, and we gave the voice to you, and now you get to listen to our voice. Democracy works. Yes. So this episode is strictly on our culture. Our culture specifically, we are two Pakistani Muslim men speaking on this. So we're going we're gonna to be talking about the Pakistani experience, but we will throw in, you know, like we share a lot of stuff with our Indian neighbors and our Bengali neighbors. We'll just say South Asian. I think a lot of these, and some of these are just like immigrant things. Definitely. So we're just talking about the immigrant experience, immigrant culture, especially in the context of America. Yeah. What's, what's taboo? What are certain double standards? You know, all the stuff that... All the fun stuff that oh. that make our religion... Or not religion. That make our culture fun and interesting every single day. But before we move on, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share the show. This is a call to action. Yes. Don't be thick, all right? My life depends on it. We wanted to get into the taboo of things, right? Because that's always fun to talk about, especially in our culture as being from the east and coming over to the west it's a little bit more conservative it is it is so we wanted to kind of like you know poke the bear a little bit with the with the with the rough stuff in the beginning right sex and drugs (laughs) we're gonna jump into it right we live in the west we grow up around the western culture where sex and drugs is pretty much always around us, right? Like, you go through middle school, you take the sex ed class, and sometimes your parents don't even want you to take it. They want to pull you out of it. And you're the only... That's this. It's almost happened to me, but I hid it from my parents because I wanted to be... Oh, sex ed? In, yeah. I wanted to be in the class because I was like, well, you I don't want to be the over. I wanted to see the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. And I guess the question that we've come up with is, do parents have a point in their opinion and what they force us to do growing up when they tell us hey don't talk to girls don't talk to boys don't do anything bad but we live in the west and we see all our friends doing it and blah 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 blah. so do our parents have a point sod there is a point mm-hmm. there, there is a point to what they're saying i i think the drug one it makes a little bit more sense mom i just want to go smoke mom i just want listen i don't want pussy i just want weed right 
But the sex one, I say like, hey, kids should be sucking and fucking when they're fifth. No, not actually. <laughs> but like, like I'm not against premarital sex. Right. Even back home, like this is something that's becoming more prevalent. It's like before marriage. And like I've I have cousins back in Pakistan who you know Pakistan don't, don't out them I'm, I don't won't out do them. it but like I've heard stories about them going to like clubs and like drinking and all this other stuff yeah you know what I mean so it's like on there's an umbrella of hey don't do this but under that umbrella everything still happens yeah you know well it's who's saying not to do it it's typically the parents right right the people out there doing well actually that's not even complete because there is just double standards right right people telling you not to do a certain thing. But I'm still doing it. Yeah. And also, how many of these parents out there, especially they grew up in the West, too. Did they follow their own rules? And I think that's an interesting that's an interesting conversation to have is like, because, yo, listen, we went to college. We did all this dumb stuff. You know, we partied and whatnot. Uh, I won't disclose I, I everything. I didn't do anything dumb. Okay. But it's like now when we're older and when we have kids, we're, we are going to. I know I'm for sure going to tell my kids, hey, don't do this. Don't okay, do that. Do you want to know what I, I again? I don't have kids, right? Right. So it's easy for me to say whatever, right? Absolutely. I would actually be not lenient, but I think there's a thing where a lot of what determines immigrant culture Mm -hmm. and South Asian culture, particularly as a parent, Mm -hmm. is about control to some extent, right? And some of that control, I think, is warranted because it's about protection. Right. But I think you kind of uh, confuse the two. Mm -hmm. I, I think the hard part about being a parent, this doesn't necessarily only apply to immigrant parents is that you have to recognize that at a certain point your child is not just your child they have their own life they have your so no matter what you tell them Mm -hmm. they can and will do what they want to do so i i think the hard part is like i taught you these lessons Mm -hmm. i want you to take them in fully and 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 apply those Mm -hmm. but if you don't you still have a home here. You still have a parent here. I think that's how I would want to approach it. Like, right. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to actively tell my kids you can only have sex after. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, but I'm also not going to tell them, like, go have sex when they're. I think, I think I will actively, and speaking with, like, if, when I have kids and whatnot, I think I will actively have that conversation. Like, hey, listen, at some point in high school, you're going to come across, like, these kinds of things. What I am telling you is to stay away from it. You still make your own decision at the end of the day because, like, as a parent, like, our parents can tell us what they want, and it's up to us that we followed it or we didn't follow it. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll tell them. I'll be like, yeah, I don't, I don't want you to do this. I want you to avoid it until you're a little bit older yeah. or, like, you're married and have more sense of it, right? Yeah. I think – are you going to respond? Well, I was going to say um, I, I think there's a different urgency to that kind of a talk from – our parents Mm -hmm. because they're coming from a backdrop of being from back home right Mm -hmm. where for them marriage is kind of business a little bit right there's like a social stigma so you don't want because you want your kids to get married you want to kind of marry your kids off a little bit yeah how are you going to be selling your kid if people know that they've been plowed or they did plowing (laughs) like no i think that's part of it they they kind of look at it from that angle because i think entwined with the the no sex thing is Mm -hmm. also this element that like you're marrying into the community like that's taken for granted and you're and i think this is this is a thing that i've heard growing up in a traditional household and like talking about pakistan and everything that um it's the purity you know Mm -hmm. i've had this said to me from my mom you know as like when i was younger growing up and she was like I don't want you to like be with someone outside of our culture because 
they've they've been used they've been around they've had <laughs> yeah no seriously they've been around they've had boyfriends and this. she my, here's the thing she never said there's anything wrong with it she just said for you i don't want that mm-hmm. so i think it's a parent telling their preference to their son or daughter yeah. you know that's what it is sex is a little bit like on the deeper end of it but i think if we just take a step down we kind of like talk about for a short minute about how it's still very taboo for a girl in our community to be able to express herself how she wants to wear what she wants mm-hmm. if she wants to wear dresses she wants to wear jeans and like skinny ripped jeans whatever yeah. show a little show bit of more skin. skin because that's how she feels comfortable and that's how mm-hmm. she takes back her power from the patriarchy and society I wish, and so be she it right wants to wear it too like just look good yeah and even in our in in america right that's still a very taboo thing to do even the most liberal open-minded progressive parents will probably take pause right they're open about their daughter's dating or whatever mm-hmm. any of that but the second it comes about clothing i think that's too visceral it, like like it's weird there's this thing where people are the most opinionated and strong-willed about things that matter the least mm-hmm. right because i understand why why you would have a really strong opinion about your kids dating mm-hmm. but then it makes less sense to me to care a lot about what your kids are wearing because like that's just a clothing choice you can't date until you're married. <laughs> you're how right. the fuck are you get married right. without like knowing how to knowing spit? how to do so? You know, knowing knowing the person mm-hmm. that you're marrying. Yeah. I've seen my family members in Pakistan get arranged marriages. And it's starting to, the tide's starting to turn a tad bit. I've had family who's like, they, they knew this kid from college. They wanted, they liked each other. They kept it real respective, respectable. Parents met, family met, got married happily ever after. Then there's on, on the other side of it is that they just meet, the, the families get together. They're like, yeah, hey, I got a son. I got a daughter. Cool. Let's do this. <laughs> you bet. know what I mean? Like, yeah, bet. Fine here. And they meet each other. They meet each other once or twice. But at this point, the first time that they meet each other before the wedding, everything is so settled. It's like they really can't go back after that. Then they get married and then they're unhappy. Yeah. Right. So to avoid that, especially in the West, I say let your kids date. Right? 100%. But the taboo part about it, because we're on the taboo section of our conversation, is that what happens when your child or somebody in your community dates out of the race or ethnicity? Oh, no. Right? Because religion is already a big thing. Like, everything is like, oh, no, we want you to marry Muslim. Da, 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 da. Parents say that. And then it's a, it's an issue <laughs> when uh, when Nadia brings home Jamal. Who's Muslim? Who's from Nigeria? Who's a great guy, great Muslim? But he's black. So I think that's such a still a prominent part in our culture that holds us back even even if when we say like oh shit we're in the west we're so much more progressive than people back home right no we're not no the fuck we're not this shit is still very prominent here and i've seen it with my own eyes in our community and sure the tide's turning a bit moving forward with the younger generation slowly slowly but for the vast majority of like the older generation it's still like that and i wonder fucking why I mean, you can say racism, but... What do you mean you can't? That's just racism. I mean, that, that, that is racism, like, yeah. You just pointed at a cake the, and like, you could call that a cake. Like, motherfucker, that is it a cake. It is a cake. <laughs> if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it ain't a damn mongoose. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes to what you were, you're, you were saying with your example with your mom about purity, right? Right. It's not just purity about, I don't want you with somebody who's been sullied. It's mm-hmm. about 
they're thinking forward about the grandkids, right? Yeah. I want my grandkids because they have such a strong attachment to identity, mm-hmm. especially when, especially if you're in what is kind of a foreign nation for you, right? There's mm-hmm. a country full of white people, but you come from a country of you know Pakistani people, Indian people, right. whatever. You hold on to that dearly, so you want people in your family to hold on to that dearly. And so when your grandkids come, it's like you want them to continue that traditional lineage. Yeah. But then there's that fear that if there's another ethnicity or culture in there it's like oh what it's if, gonna get lost what if it gets lost yeah. what if they uh side with that other bit more yeah and i think mm, i tend to see where they're coming from i i understand, I understand emotionally where they're coming, where from. They're coming yeah. from I because i don't think when you're like i want my kid or because me right i want a brown girl i want a brown girl that is from pakistan india fucking bangladesh, bangladesh whatever right like that like from those three countries that's what i want because i know that my culture and the way i grew up that's how they grew up and that's just a per- like personal preference for me that's not saying i'm not i'm not like those fit and fresh podcasts where i'm gonna bash every other girl that's that's not it it's just that well, i know that fit, fat, yeah, uh, fresh fit. i know that at the end of the day i want to pass on my religion i want to pass on my traditions my culture and those cultures tend to stay very similar right so I understand where they're coming from. I think a lot of times our parents and that older generation, they don't mean like in a racist way, even though that's how that's how it comes off. Like, well, I don't I, want you. I, to... I think a lot of the time it is just racist. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, saying like that both it's not. Both can be true, right? Like, yeah, individually, like you, you do genuinely want your lineage to be passed down. Right. And, and be complete, whatever. But it also kind of provides good cover to the fact that you also you are right like you are racist yeah. about it sometimes. That's what I'm saying. It's like I think like like you said. I think both things can be true. I tend to at least from my my experience, if my family members were to do this, like they were, I think they'd be more so saying it from I want you to like I want your kids to be Muslim. I want like our culture to stay our culture and our origins to be our origins and not like you know gone to the white world or some other world. Do you think it's possible for? children of two backgrounds Mm -hmm. to have an appreciation and and full love full appreciation full love for both those backgrounds so if um i think if the religion is the same yes but i think if when the religion is different i think that's when it gets mm. more hairy i think if you marry out of your religion and you both are religious people and then you have kids both of you guys are going to want to pass pass down your religion yeah and i think this is why the woman is so important in 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 my view. Well, women are important anyways. But it's in like my view. Yeah, no. When you have kids, and this is why it's so important to have a you be with somebody who you really think is like going to be it's not just like the body or the personality. It's like where's her head at, my man? Because she's going to raise your kids. I mean, you're going to be there too, but I I have a I just have a thing that mothers are just so much closer to their children. Maybe maybe the way I grew up, maybe because I love my mom so much and like what my mom taught me is why I am the reason I am. And I see that so often in the world, no matter across different cultures and religions, the kids always take after the mother. Do you think that's something that is a byproduct of something that could be changed though? I think like, so. Like the, the fact is with like Brown families, people make the joke, right? That everyone's closer <clears throat> with their mom's side of the family versus their dad's side of the family. Right. And that's typically because you're just closer with your mom. Cause your mom spends more time at home mm-hmm. and um, your father typically is like out work. And that's kind of usually 100%. Like, so, like, I think I, I I hear you and I agree with you, but at the same time, I think there's something to be said about maybe we should just stop relying on the women to do all like the absolutely nurturing and loving, and like fathers should need, need to be more. Like, I want to be really involved with my kids, hundred like, percent. Like, obviously, like I I want to work and provide for them, but ideally, 
my wife will be doing that too. And it's like it's a more of an even split versus I'm 100% doing this. And you're 100% taking care of the children. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because then I think it creates this, this thing where like kids especially like, you know, they have really good relationships with their moms. And then obviously you love your dad no matter what. But then your relationship. But with your, you love your dad because he's your dad. You don't love him because that relationship was built. Exactly. Yeah. I love my mom because of like all these different characteristics and like things I love about her. I love my dad because he's my father. Yeah. Right. I like I don't want my kid to have that, but at the same time, like I think it's hard for immigrant parents mm-hmm. and the immigrant fathers, especially because they grew up as children as that that ex- expectation same, yeah. set, and they learned like like I know from my dad like the way he knows how to provide and give love is through Pro- finance, yeah. through working. Yeah. my dad works my my dad works like ten twelve hours a day. Yeah, right. He leaves at nine, comes home eight nine. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't see him that much like growing up as a kid. Yeah. But I knew like this was his way of showing you love. You knew that he... dad was out there working, providing the life like for you and your family. Exactly. Because also partially your mom was like, "That's this is why your dad's not here is because exactly. he's out doing, providing for us. Yeah. Same thing with me. When I grow like growing up, I, my dad went to some of my youth football games, but four years of high school varsity football, my mom was at every single home game. I don't think my dad went to one because he was always out like doing work and all this other stuff because it was always on Fridays and you know. So I, I get that. I think I think that is a byproduct of how society has been for the past hundreds and hundreds of yep. years about like the man being out and working and the woman spending the most of the children time with the children. So I agree. Yeah. Like, when I get married, it's gonna be fifty fifty. I want to spend as much time with my fucking kids. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing, right? Because I think more people of our generation amongst the South Asian diaspora hold mm-hmm. that view. Like, hey, my mom did all the domestic stuff my dad right. did the work right but me and my partner were going to have an even split on the one hand i want to say that's because like oh we're just kind of more forward thinking right and we have like a better sense of like no like fathers need to be more emotionally available yeah and all that i also think like this is a tricky thing it's because just shit's so fucking expensive now we're like both parents <laughs> just have work. to work yeah 100 percent. like like that like that's the thing understated it's like we're responding to our environment around it's us. It's always like, our environment. It's so hard for there to be a single parent mm-hmm. household now. Yeah. Because most jobs can't do that. Yeah. Like yeah. my parents, they both work. My yeah. dad fought cancer and is alhamdulillah cancer free. And he's like, he took a little bit of time off because he got took a, he took a hit. But a pussy. Dad's going to come in here and whoop your ass, bro. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, took a hit, but both of them went out and worked yeah. you know what i mean so i saw that and i think i carried that with me and and i know for a fact that the the financial situation i grew up in my kids aren't going to do that they're going to have to pay for school <laughs> so me and my girl better be working <laughs> and saving up for them to go to school cuz they're not getting no fafsa <laughs> listen cf our episode on student loans yeah our we have we to had, work for kids. we got yeah if anything think about our kids babe they matter kids get to work we're, we're already in debt they're going to be more in debt all right Going to school and picking a career, mm-hmm. right? I think that's always fun. I went to school for business, graduated within four years, got a job, started working. Now I have a good financial job, right? My brother, on the other hand, he went to school for bio because he's the first child. He was the oldest, Gotta be the first doctor. one in America going to college. So, you know, my dad was like medicine, even though my dad has no background in medicine. My dad has no connections here. Like we literally had to like get it out the mud and do everything on our own and you know how important that those connections and those 
just knowing that field is. So my brother, my brother does bio, uh, doesn't like it, doesn't want to do it, doesn't get that good grades. Two years in, switches to theater because that's what his, that's where his heart was. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he enjoyed. Switches to theater, then goes on the path of like theater stuff, graduates, master school, and then now he's in New York and he does off Broadway plays. It's like semi successful. He's doing good I'm so for himself, mad right? Didn't get to go. Or Co- you got to go. I COVID. Did. Yeah, we should have gone. That was COVID fucked it up. But that is extremely taboo to follow your dreams. Right? Don't do that shit. Yeah. Whereas, Why are you making yourself happy? Whereas on your side, you went to school for like a normal degree, right? But your sister... Did medicine. Medicine. And your family has like 13 doctors in it. I always make fun of them for this. <laughs> but it's like, it's so I funny. I you always pick 13. I don't know. It's just hold a on, large number. Like, I'm going to count. Nope. I'll ca- count your sister because she's going to be a doctor. Okay, I'm going to count my sister. Yeah. Both mom and dad's side. My sister. Mm. My dad. Mm. My popo. Yeah. Popo's husband. I think. My thai. That's five. That's five. Oh, that's just my dad's side. <laughs> oh, boy. Fuck, I'm at ten. Does dentist count? Yeah, dentist medicine. He just raised like four more fingers. Oh, there's cousins on my dad's side of the family I'm not close to, but I think one or two of them might be... It's more than thirteen. It's more than it's thirteen. Fu- <laughs> they followed the path. Yeah, yeah, they all they all follow the path, right? And uh, th- I guess the question is: Is there some truth to it, right? About you, sh- that you should sacrifice passion in favor of security. Yes, I mean, I, I I think you it would be foolish to not acknowledge that that is a very reasonable thing to want. Absolutely, because we what did we just lay out, right? That the reason that there are more even-handed partnerships when it comes to raising kids is probably less to do with just people becoming better fathers. Right. I don't want to say better fathers because, again, the whole point of that was to say that, like, that's just a way of showing love. More present, I guess. Is We're doing it mostly in response to just shit being insanely expensive. Right. Right? So we just laid that out. Mm-hmm. Why would I... It, it would be insane for me to say, like, oh, there's no value to what they're saying. Right. That you should not be pursuing a... Um, a high-paying job, yeah, high-paying, and something that's stable, reliable career, extremely stable and extremely wanted. Like there will always be a need for doctors. Yeah, lawyers. I can't stay the same for. No, listen, <laughs> lawyers are stupid. <laughs> but it's like a, it's it's a, it again. It's like that class. There's too many lawyers. Yeah, actually. again, it's there like that class thing where it's like lawyers, doctors, engineers are always seen as high class. Yeah, you know your parents are never going to want anything bad for you. And I've heard my mom say this a lot because it happens a lot in our family. You don't have to leave your passion. You just have to make sure you're secure. And your passion can still be on the side, but your job, the way you live, you got to be secure. And I don't, I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's taboo. I think a lot of people talk about it like, oh, brown people, doctor, lawyer, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but it's coming from a place of we know what we got to do in this world, in this society, because we're already dealt underhanded cards, right? We have to make sure sh- it's, it's a level of excellence that we expect in our community and in ourselves and in our families. Sure, that has us downsides, right? Yeah. People people want to do art. People want to do theater. People want to do this. And they're looked at as like the outcasts. And even though you can be extremely successful. And then the funny thing about those things are when we do have brown comedians, brown, oh, they, they, love, they love them. Oh, but they I, love them. This is so good. You? No, you don't try to you do that. You can't do this. But oh my God, Hustle Minaj. Like for as an example, I know you're not. I'm a big fan That's of Hasan Minhaj. I'm sorry, he's so, he's so, he's so shitty. Even even our parents will be like, "Oh, he's so good." Look, yeah. he's like, "Oh, he's from Pakistan." Any any time I talk to my father about like anything, 
mm-hmm. and it's about some organization or something that's happening in the world. He'll find a way to link to some organization. He's like, yeah, I heard one of the guys on there is Pakistani. Right. And he'll be like super like, all of a sudden he has that pride. But if I ever like told him I wanted to pursue that path, right. whatever it might be, right? He'd be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Now you shouldn't. I, I think there's something to be said about one of the negatives. Because I think we should be explicit about what the negatives are about not, about having this very strict idea of what success is, mm-hmm. is that it's a little selfish in a sense that you expect the world to move on and supply these things right. without you taking agency. Like you, people always want music, art, mm-hmm. film. They always want these new things. They always want good new stuff. Like yep. you don't, you don't do it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Let somebody else struggle for that. And let them, but you, you don't, you don't do want it. it. Yeah, we don't want to see you do yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about like people don't want to. We, we're very selfish. We just want to consume the thing after someone else did the hard work of putting themselves out there and doing yep. it. And then we also complain about there's not enough representation. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're telling your children to not do these things. Yeah. You're literally <laughs> making fun of them. Telling me, oh, you're not going to make money or whatever, which is like, which is probably true. Large part. <laughs> but also, like, you can't you can't complain about that shit and then expect them to like you know now when they're like reading the namaz wrong on some show that they're the show is about like wire and like terrorists and shit and they're reading the namaz wrong and they're like complaining is like yeah well we don't have enough people in our community going out and doing those things anyways yeah. so how would these people know i think because what we're talking about is individual solutions yes and i'm never gonna tell somebody that like you individually should not be out there trying to make yourself stable and successful mm-hmm. and secure like I told my brother, like I had a whole conversation yesterday about what he should do to have like the most reliable, stable income possible once he finishes college. Right. I know like what his passions are though, mm-hmm. and I, I would love for him to pursue those things or just like live like a happy life. But and I wish that like the world was situated in a way for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But like him on his own is not going to be able to do that, right? No. So. I'm going to tell him, and maybe this is wrong of me. I have no problem copying to this. Is that like you look out for yourself right now? And then the work needs to be done. Well, then it gets to the problem, though, right? Of like, if we all if we all adopt that mentality of like somebody, because I'm I'm doing I'm doing that now. Mm-hmm. I'm adopting the look out for yourself. Somebody else will take care of it for you. Yeah, it, it's tricky. Like I, I understand where it comes from, but broadly speaking, I think we do need to be more okay with initially just giving your kids more of an okay and like signal that like I if you don't make it like big right you still have a home and right. that's one of the nice things about fucking brown families for example yes the way white parents talk about their kids like oh you gotta get out by 19, 18 bro 18 19 yeah and it's like bro that's your fucking that's your mom and dad saying that shit we still live at home <laughs> and we're, i love that we're well bro, into our mid-20s bro, my man my, my, even my brothers adopted a mentality a little bit yeah yeah he was like isn't it's kind of like stupid that you guys live it's like bro do you know how much money yeah dog, no if you're listen man if you are if you're able to live at home live it. at home especially as a young adult yes. like you graduated college you've been working for a couple years you know how much money i've saved i'm not gonna <laughs> say it but i've saved a lot it's a shit ton of money yeah uh, enough to like you know Change, Mom's change. making you food? Hell yeah. You get home-cooked meals. You got everything basically taking care of you. like, And you have your own space. And yeah. just live your like. Don't look at other people and be like, that's what I need. Everyone walks their own path. Every, everything happens in due time. So yeah. enjoy where you are. Be present yeah. you know, about that stuff. And I also think that that's, that's, again, kind of running the stream of like hyper-individualization where you need to like no longer be attached to a family unit. Yeah. You now have to be your own. It's like, well, I, I'm still part of the family. Yeah. No matter what. You ever tried to you ever tried to uh, break a stick individually? Breaks pretty easily, right? Well, what? 
break, like just break a stick. Yeah, I'm yeah. giving you an analogy. Right, uh-huh. breaks pretty easily. Uh-huh. But then you take like six or seven of them, put them together, and try to break them. It's hard because wait, they're stuck on. together. Okay, wait, That's the family unit. You stick so together. So you take six or seven. Individual sticks. sticks. Yes, that's like fan. Like that's like and you're putting them. You're together. making me explain a very no, nice no, analogy. No, 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 no. I need you. I, I legit do not know. These are separate sticks. I'm saying, uh huh. If you take one stick, you're easily able to break it because it's alone and it's one stick. I okay. You put them together. You okay? No, no, no. Think? Okay, you know what? You know what I was thinking. What you were saying? What? So there's a stick. <laughs> there's a stick here, and it's stick. So it's like. One long stick, like lined up, and I was like, "Shit, that's very easy to break." But now I understand you meant like you stack them on top. No, of each you other. like hold them together. It's a okay, your unit. your point's valid. I there you go. I understand. That. It's together. I have eight, maybe seven. Yeah, eight weddings coming up. From March to July. Yeah. I have three. Much, much less. But, like, that's a lot of weddings, man. So, weddings and marriages are a big deal. Yes. Very, very big As deal should. in the South Asian culture. And I feel like there's a lot to pull mm-hmm. from about that. And I think we kind of alluded to this before about how the reason why parents are in a certain way about dating mm-hmm. is because they're thinking of it from the perspective of marriages back home which are kind of a transaction yeah i, I want to explore this idea of marriage as love mm-hmm. versus marriage as a business transaction mm-hmm. i obviously yeah, like i know like it's it's both realistically mm-hmm. but what do you think is the general consensus of, from the perspective of let's say immigrant parents i'm going to ask you to speak on behalf of immigrant parents right. versus our generation who's living in the west right who comes from the parents but it has a little bit of western values and also traditional values yes speaking of speaking on behalf of immigrant parents right they tend to be more conservative more traditional mm-hmm. in their ways and if we trace back tradition and culture obviously islamically marriage was more so seen as a transaction and more legally binding and a business, yeah. basically business um, agreement like, more like, than just love. What is a dowry if not literally a down payment? No, it is. Yeah. So even I'll, I'll take this back to the prophet's time. Right. That's where, you know, that's that's our sunnah. That that's where that's what we try to model ourselves after. And one of the specific examples that I'm about to give is something that we still see and debate about very prominently in in our Muslim world it is. Men having more than one wife, right? Because back then, Prophet Muhammad please peace be upon him, was marrying more than one woman in order to save them from their situation, right? His first wife, uh, uh, I think her name was Khadija, she was actually way more wealthy than he was. So, and she was a widower, wid- widowy, widower, wid- widowy, 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 widow, she widow, I'm an idiot, it's a widow. You're That's right. <laughs> you, you tricked me. Okay. <laughs> she was a widow. And for him to be able to do what he needed to do, he needed somebody like her. And plus, he she actually would, was the one who wanted to marry him. But it was not more so about love. I think love came afterwards. I think they did genuinely love each other. But it was more so a transaction. He had access to wealth. He had access to this. And then same thing with other his his second and third wife is like he was saving them from their situations. He was, he was providing them protection and that general sense of livelihood for them and that's where it came from whereas now that principle is being taken into well the prophet had more multiple wives it's like i want multiple wives 
your 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 reasons are selfish you just want multiple multiple wives to like fuck different women and you know indulge in your fucking satisfactions but back then it was really like a transaction so traditionally speaking it's more so it more so is a transaction and that's why arranged marriages in pakistan india bangladesh whatever are more foundational because it's family transactions yeah when families get involved that shit is like serious serious so even if you don't fully vibe with the person you know that oh shit i have my family backing on this she has her family backing on this we have to make it work it's it's a more of a foundation to start that so uh, speaking as an immigrant parent i think it's more transactional do i fully agree that it's transactional no i think i think tides is turning to way more about love and even like before time i'm not saying that up until this point, it was all transactional. No, 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 no. There's definitely a love component to it. I'm on the love side, but you asked me to speak from a traditional immigrant yeah. parent side. I think that's what a that's what a traditional immigrant parent would say. They will look at the optics and like they, they would do the accounting first, yeah, before they factor in like, oh my my child really loves this happiness. Person. Yeah, yeah. I would agree that like obviously the prevailing opinion amongst parents in the previous generation is that like it should be a transactional thing mm-hmm. uh, i guess i'll ask the same question about the career choice do they have a point should we be looking at it as more as business because when you think about it right mm. you can fall in love without getting married in fact usually you fall you do fall in love before you're getting married and like for non-South Asian cultures, a lot of those people move in together. Yeah. Sometimes they have kids. Like they do everything that we expect you to do after marriage, but they do it before putting a wedding ring on. Right. And they're still in love and they do all that. And then, and then like eventually it, it, sometimes it ends, right? And then for some reason for like our parents or people of our culture, they'll be like, oh, see, that's what happens when you don't get married. I'm yeah. like, motherfucker, they were together for 20 years. Yeah, they were doing the same things. They are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. We know people who should have gotten divorced, but they won't. Yeah. You know what's one of the most common things is like, so I've had this conversation with my dad multiple times about like divorce rates and marriages and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I don't, he certainly does not actually have a cited number. He just says it. <laughs> he's like, oh but yeah. He's but he's smart but, enough yeah. for, like, for you to be like, all right, I'm going to give you Well, no, I'm not, I was like, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. But like, even then it's like, he, he points out that, okay, Divorce rates are lower in Pakistan, right? Mm-hmm. Not even giving an actual number or like when this study was done, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? They're lower in Pakistan than they are in America. And the first like way to kind of debunk that a little bit is that there is such a stigma. Mm-hmm. And there's still a stigma against divorce here, yeah. particularly amongst our community. But like back in Pakistan, oh, yeah. bro, it's crazy. I would say... 40% of those marriages should be divorced. <laughs> should be divorced. <laughs> but they're not. But they won't. They yeah. never will because it, because it is a business transaction no, first it is. and foremost. Let me let me let me talk more about the business transaction of things. My I have a few cousins, women, um who've gotten divorced because their husbands are ain't shit motherfuckers, right? Gotten divorced. One of them, two of them went through the situation where they were like I want a divorce, I want you to give the divorce. So there's a thing in Pakistani courts when you get married and you want a divorce, if the wife gives the divorce, it's called a khula, where the wife gives the divorce, then that means the man is not on the hook for the mehr, the whatever, the dowry, whatever was in the contract that says this is what he owes you throughout anything. When the wife gives it, it's 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 completely no. But a lot of times, men in Pakistan, when they're in shitty situations, they won't they won't give the divorce. If the woman does it, the woman goes to live with him, doesn't live with his mom, doesn't live with her family anymore. Now her 
God is not bus. Well, that's a weird way to say it. But everyone wants, you know, God bus jay. Like every everything is like good for her household, or she she has a home and stuff. Now the dude is like leveraging everything and be like, hey, well, you don't have a house no more. You don't have a family, and plus, if you give the divorce, you get absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? That's why divorce rates are still very low in Pakistan. I'm not gonna say very low, but that's part of it, right? Yeah. Because legally, there's no incentive for the woman they're, to do they're, it. They're lower than they would be if women did not have to deal with that hurdle. Yes. Your wife is disgusted with you. She said, I'm leaving. But that's not to say love doesn't happen. Like, I think it does happen. Like, my parents met, literally, I think they met maybe once before their wedding. Maybe. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think they, like, sat and chatted because this was 90s, early 90s, maybe late 80s. No, 92, my parents got married. So it's like... You know, they they really talked, had a first conversation the wedding night. And my mom will die on this hill. And I kind of believe her on this. She's like, because she's very traditional, comes from that, that world. She's like, love is supposed to come after marriage. Hmm. That's what she says. She says love is supposed to come after marriage because you're supposed to grow in that. To, you're supposed to grow in this new life of yours together and have that. You, there has to be some stuff saved for marriage. She says, if you do everything before marriage, what is left after marriage? Where is the sanctity? If you've lived together, done this, done that, have done everything before marriage, have a kid, whatever, what's there to do after marriage? So my mom says, like, you get married, and you might like the person or not, but whatnot, but once you get married, that's when true love really comes. And I, and I, and I you know, I tend to agree with that because you can love the person while you're dating, and this is the girl I want to marry, this is great. It is going to prove itself that's true love after you have the contract in place. You yeah. have everything in place. You know, like there's a much more serious foundation after that. I, and I do think maybe you maybe you do love the person, but after after you get married, there should be another level of like real love that comes along because you're like now she's my wife. Now that's my husband. Was well, like a premium package. Yeah, so you got a premium package. You, you have extra bundle. Yeah, there's uh, you base asking, marriage. You're asking for wifey level material right plus. now. Yeah, that that is, that is definitely a very traditional way to look at it. Yeah, I think so too. But, but I think but I like, think it helps. I, I think it holds some merit though. I, I think there's a way to rationalize it, but like it's also it, there's something fatalistic about it, right? Mm. That there is an end to a relationship. Right, mm-hmm. like you've done everything before the marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, what your mom's referring to is like one living together, probably sex, and yeah. like having kids and all that, right? But those things are not just a single event; they are also like a process unto themselves, mm-hmm. right? So I understand where she's coming from, but I also like would make the argument that having kids is not just have like literally birthing a kid, then you're done having kids. Like no, now you're raising them, yeah. right? You don't stop that process, and that process itself like a loving process because. You're not not just loving your kids. You're also loving your wife as a mother of your children. Now it it never stops. There's there's no like end point. In in ideally, but like if you're not married and you don't have that foundation there, what's like I mean it happens all the time where dudes like not not girls up without marrying them and like and they're just like do. Well, that's not even what she's talking because she's talking about like relationships. That's like separate, right? But I'm just saying, and like, and you can that- do a divorce after like. Uh, but it's much harder. It's it much is hard. harder, right? Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but when you're married, that foundation now that you have with your families and you and like your families are come together with this shit now. Yeah. Now it's like, ah, oh, shit, I can't really like. And, and that, but is that again, a good thing though? Ha- that's what I'm saying. It has its downsides, but also like if you genuinely do, are you you two do really like each other and love each other? You know, I think I think that's a good foundation to have. Would you ever do an arranged marriage? Um. 
my definition of arranged marriage, I think different from when I'm we th- hear I'm talking arranged. about tr- arranged. I, I, what you're, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> that's just a cop-out. When people say, no, I mean arranged. Like, that's not arranged marriage. Though. Okay, no. I, I don't, I'm not down for that. And I've told my mom that, too. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not down to be so involved with somebody that I've just fucking met. Yeah. I, times have changed. You know what I mean? I I'm on this I'm on the aspect of I need to know you I need to date you I need to spend time with you <laughs> and let's move together. Imagine y'all are getting a lease for an apartment and you have to like make an account on the registration like you. What's make her a, name? And, and, <laughs> and then you're doing the security questions like yo, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like what was what was the fr- yeah see secure I want to know your security questions before I get married to you. That's that's my thing. I want to know what's your, your mom's maiden name. What was the first school you went to? First pet, first street name, uh, yeah. first place you worked at. But I guess I guess we'll end this on a better and lighter note than some of our past episodes. And you know, let's just quickly talk about the good things in our culture because there are an abundance of good things, mm-hmm. right? I think we do have a tremendously beautiful tradition of on weddings. You know, we really honor every the families that are getting married, right? Like you honor yourself and the person you're getting married to, but then you also honoring their parents. Food. Oh my god. Except for the grease. Which is like Knocks off eighty percent of it. Listen, look, 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 look. Give me kebabs. Give yeah. me naan. Give me blau. Blau's good. Give me, give me the. Look, I think biryani is overhyped. I hate biryani. I don't. Okay, I don't hate biryani. I, I hate insanely it. overhyped. I think biryani and pie are the most overhyped. Shut the fuck up. No, they are. Shut they are. The, okay, first of all, who's overhyping pie? Most people don't like pie. Bro, okay. See, no, 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 no. You're, you're. I do you, as a champion, an ardent supporter, an advocate of pie. Do you know how often I get lambasted and, and mocked for liking it? Maybe, oh, maybe that's more. Of, okay, no, no. maybe, maybe that's more of a thing over here. But I swear to God and Lahore, because like Lahori Pai are like that's true. top yeah. fucking notch, right? But like everyone in my family is like a diehard Pai fan, and I'm like for for uh, our non-initiated members, Pai is basically like cow's feet, yeah. in like a very in like gravy, yeah, and you dip like bread in, and you yeah, eat. sometimes you get a little bit of meat off the bone, yeah, and it's it's delicious. It's not. It's so good, dude. Just sucking off the fat. <laughs> okay, see, bro, it's so good. This is where we differ. I don't. I think Pai and biryani are the most overrated things. Nahari Halim. A fucking the and Halim are amazing. Give me, give well, so me that. Pie. All pie is in that tier. It is. I'm just not a fan. I'll give it okay, to you. I don't understand how you can like Nahari and Halim, which are both equally as greasy and gross, right. but not like pie. Because the consistency of pie and Nahari are completely different. I can dip oh, my, you know what I mean? Pie yeah. is like more sticky because of like all the fat and the whatever's coming off the hoof is like, it's pretty, it it pretty gnarly. It's so sticky and it's like, I've tasted it. It tastes fine. I, I do think South Asian desserts suck dick for yeah, the I'm most not, part we're, I am I, not batting a huge, very low I'm not a huge fan of matai because matai is just so it's just sweet it's straight sugar now there's some rasmalai rasmalai is good burfi is good kheer forget about kheer it kheer is amazing kheer, bro kheer, I would eat kheer any day give me Jale- kheer for breakfast jalebi is bad Jale- I, I don't like jalebi I can only handle like two to three bites of jalebi tops yeah because it's straight like starch sugar Faluda's that they're just good. frying huh flu is good Faluda. any of the, the yogurty yeah because you're like making it there's another one um Ferni? Maybe. It's, that's like more Afghan, but it's like Kir. Yeah, there's there's another fuck. Um, the, the milky stuff's good. The the purely confectionery powdery sugar stuff is 
bad. Yeah. We I, majority of Matei is like it's real bad. It's alright. It's really mediocre. Why y'all putting foil on it? This is why y'all look the way you do. <laughs> this is why y'all diabetic. By the way, so random. Gulab jamun. Didn't even forget. Oh, gulab jamun. Yeah, gulab jamun is the one Matei that like I will get. Yeah, pass, gulab jamun is a one. I would, Ladoos are good too. Sorry. Ladoos are fine. Ladoos are good. I like ladoos. I like the consistency. How the do you taste like it. Like, okay, what about jum jum? Mm. They're very similar. Yeah, I think I like those two. But I think I like Ladoos more. They're, they're slightly, slightly subdued. Yeah, they're still just sugar, but like it's not as od as some of the other shit. Yeah, but I like I like the consistency consistency of Ladoo. I don't know. It's like kind of like it does have a nice consistency. Yeah, I like yeah. maybe that's why I like it. This is so random, but um. Because you know how when you apply for jobs and stuff, they have the equal employment opportunity shit, uh-huh. and they got to sign it. They let you know what the disabilities are. Mm-hmm. I never like actually looked at that shit until recently. Bro, the, it has a very wide net. Really? Because it includes stuff like no limbs. Okay. And like severe autism or like like stuff that makes sense, right? But then it also has like diabetes. And I just looked at that. I'm, I'm sorry, like, diabetes is a disability? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm look, thinking about my parents. I'm like, yo, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> I have diabetic parents? <laughs> what is, is my dad a no. <laughs> <laughs> we need special needs aid. Bro, I'm gonna carry like <laughs> a blood sugar testing kit with me whenever I park in a handicap spot or use the handicap parking lot. I'm just gonna do that. I'm gonna like excuse me, I'm diabetic. Yeah, like, I'm disabled. The, well actually Well that's just for employment. I don't think it applies to that. Uh, that that's strictly for mobility. Yeah. But I'm gonna make that case. Yeah. I mean I think you could if if it's if it's on one form of like legal binding. But, that, but that's paper, exclusive right? for employment though. But right. just the idea of like applying that to parking or yeah. using like the big I'm handicap diabetic. stalls bathrooms and it just have like a blood test. I mean, shit. technically, there's a lot of fat people who are diabetic, and that that's a disability. Like that can be qualified because I've seen a lot of fat people. But then you, but then it's not the, the diabetes that's doing it. That's the, the obesity itself, right? Like what's causing that? But issue? you're diabetic at that point, right? So then you can get handicapped and you can park closer to like the entrances of things. Yeah, but you should get, just get <laughs> like that for being walk. for being obese and not for being diabetic. Because a lot of diabetic people who are perfectly like in sh- shape i don't know enough about like, diabetes like what's what's causing it right is it the obesity or the diabetes it's the obesity like it right. was causing you not to move much but then you're diabetic so at the end of the day you're still not diabetic yeah but it's like a classification thing like what's causing the like what's causing your inability to work or move is okay. it the diabetes or your fatness okay it's the actual fatness okay i get right? what you're saying because you can be diabetic and like you can look like me right like my cousin's diabetic he's like very you look fit. good bro saying that <laughs> You <laughs> so look like me. You <laughs> like me. Get your hands out of my fries. You ain't my bitch, nigga. All right, guys. So remember, this has been episode 32 of Hot Pocket. Remember to like, comment, share. Catch you next week. Baby, will you stay? Baby, will you come to me? You got me feeling safe. Got me feeling like this loving candle comes to please. And baby, don't you mind?